The minute that you get labeled a conspiracy theorist, pretty much everything that you have to say ceases to be taken seriously. The red pill is just about kind of shaking up your perception of the way that things really And on the understanding that what you've been told your entire life is a consciously constructed lie. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Hawkeye Media presents... Conspiracy with PJ and Abby. And that's the thing about conspiracy theories is like it's sometimes they're not going to be true. And it's okay. There's literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. It is what it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Pilled, You're Not at All Hinged Anymore podcast. I'm PJ Williams, and with me, as always, is Abby Libby. How you doing, Abby? I'm, I'm good. I see Ambrose Akers in the chat tuning in from Ohio. Yes, I want as many Ohio people tonight in the chat Ohioans. as possible. I was going to introduce the show as welcome all you people of Earth and Ohio. <laughs> <It's> Ohio. <laughs> I'm excited for the world. I mean, you know, we're talking about Ohio. Obviously, it's in the title. So if you're reading the title and clicked on it, you know what we're talking about. But I'm excited for this one, Abby. We've been making this joke for a while and people get like all mad and they don't understand it. And I got to tell you, when I tweeted about our show today, I I almost want to like take a section. Maybe we'll do it later, like at the end of the show and just read through the comments that we got. I'll I'll tell you one. It said, Ohio's real. But it doesn't have gravity like the rest of the world. The only reason <laughs> things stay down is because Ohio sucks. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. I think that was person from Ohio that said that. So I'm allowed to say it. I have an Ohio pass uh, for that one. <laughs> really quick shout out to Tin Hat Cat for being our newest member over on Locals. If you guys want to get bonus unhinged episodes, you go to conspiracypill.locals.com and get that. And uh, if I missed any of you guys, it might be because I shouted them off last week and our episode cut in the middle of it. We had to re-record the whole thing, so I might have forgot it. But I know we did have one uh, subscriber because you guys can also get our unhinged content over on odyssey.com. And it was M- Michelle Obama's ween. So I would have felt bad if that got left off of yeah. a podcast for people tragic. to listen to. Truly, yeah. truly so, tragic. <laughs> so uh, enlighten us, Abby. What's going on with Ohio? Okay. Well, first of all, it's a meme. We all know it's a meme, and we need to understand why it's a meme. I need to understand why it's a meme. No soup for Knowles over on Rumble. Thank you for the first Rumble rant of the night. $5. Wyoming is Ohio's burner account. <laughs> yes. Facts. 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 Amazing. You guys are That's amazing. Great. I am so excited for the chat tonight. The jokes are already great. Okay. There's, there's four main memes. The first one is that Ohio isn't real. Yeah, so we get this one. This is one of my favorite memes. Not to get political, but I'm sick and tired of pretending Ohio exists. <laughs> I've posted this on Twitter, and Ohioans get weirdly defensive. <laughs> They're like, I promise you it exists. 
We got our first um, chat from Blankets over here tonight about, uh, or over on uh, Odyssey, I should say. Uh, our first <laughs> meme. Let me see if I can throw this up here for you guys. Or uh, it's not working. Let me see. There we go. PJ, no, we're not all Abby Libby now. Abby, we're all Abby Libby now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Ah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. The next meme is Ohio is weird and awful. Yep. <laughs> this is my favorite one. Where are you going? Heaven or Ohio? Ohio. <laughs> 855 for truth. And, and then uh, this one right here. POV Wednesdays in Ohio. Yeah. Wednesdays. Am I right? <laughs> and then the other. Well, this is a subsection of this meme, which is a whole trend on TikTok that you can't even X in Ohio. Yeah. Can't These even look at the moon in Ohio. <laughs> Can't even have sleep in Ohio. Can't even go camping. It's just these like terrible photoshops of monsters all over the place. I didn't really want to play them because they're really creepy. But <laughs> I'm I'm interested. I'm sure we'll get into it. But like I've always been kind of interested in like where this came from. To start with the Ohio isn't real conspiracy. You know, a uh, conspiracy docu. What would you call it? mockumentary? Oh. Or, yeah. <laughs> so I asked on Twitter earlier today. What came first, the conspiracy or the meme when it comes to mm. Ohio? I mean, there's got to be a route to have a meme, right? I think I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then the the next meme is that Ohio is plotting to take over the world. <laughs> that's a good one. It's just it's coming for everybody. And then the final meme is that it is the world, and it always has been. Wait, it's all Ohio. Always has been. Yeah. So yeah. Ohio has ancient sites, giants, monsters, UFOs, hauntings, weird government shenanigans, and really strange choices in public art. Um, so it's an absolute jackpot for conspiracy theorists and those who are interested in the paranormal. It's one of the largest hotspots I can think of. Usually you have a hotspot like Jekyll Island or, or um, Roswell. Skinwalker Ranch, something contained, but Ohio is the biggest one where everyone just is like, it's it's all weird. It's all a hot spot for all of this got, paranormal activity. Got a couple of rumble chats I want to read really quick. Uh, Real Truth Cax over here with the $20 rumble rant says, jokes on us, we've always been in Ohio. Thank you for that. <laughs> just Beautiful. Thank you. And then, uh, Jay Kelly over here, I think your comment got cut off halfway through. Might have hit a character limit. Oh, but no. I I mean, it says first time here live, but I spent the last two weeks listening to every episode. Some of them multiple times. Wow. Uh, you two have the best content. And I love how you bring the Bible and other Judeo Chris. That's where it gets cut off. But thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm still shocked by how many times people will write me and say, I didn't just watch your show and, and now I like it. I, I went and through and listened to all of them. That's amazing. You guys are awesome. So yeah, you guys are insane. Appreciate that. Terrible yeah. taste in podcasts. <laughs> Ty K says area 51 was a distraction from Ohio. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> Ohio. Yeah. We get the meme going. Somebody get it for me. <laughs> all right. Um, so, I want to use Ohio to talk about why there are hotspots for paranormal activity. What is going on that you have places where it's not just an area with a lot of hauntings. It's not just an area with a lot of UFOs. It's an area with all of the things. And why does that happen? So I want to talk about that at the all end. All the things and in like greater quantities too. Yeah. 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 And I, as 
as a conspiracy theorist, I'm not particularly interested in any one Bigfoot sighting or any one monster sighting, one haunting, because each thing is really easy to dismiss. There's always uh, blurry creatures does it best where they're just like, it's always blurry. The photos are always blurry. The memories are always blurry. The accounts are always blurry. But taken together, you aggregate all of those stories, and then it starts to be something that's difficult to explain. And Ohio has these stories that are difficult to explain because of the sheer amount of data. Off that so, point, you know what really always interests me, too, is that all around the world, you'll, you won't see, like, if it's all fake, I don't know why would they all have different names, different times for the lore coming. Like, yeah. Bigfoot is a good, good example of this. It's like, Bigfoot's not real, then why is there, like, a Bigfoot in every culture everywhere in the world and like they all call it different stuff too yeah yeah but the but the accounts are like so similar like the the smell the height the fur the all of it so interesting. yeah we'll get into bigfoot later that's going to be a big thing but i just want to give you some trivia about ohio just to kind of set the stage um somebody told me it was the 13th state in the union it's not it's the 17th oh. so when you said 13th, I'm like, that doesn't seem that right, doesn't seem but right. it would make sense. Yeah, no, okay. 17th. That makes it's sense. the 17th state in the union. Its postal abbreviation is just O. Just O? No, just it's not OH. O-H. Oh, okay. It's I was going to say, I've been sending mail the wrong way o. to a place that doesn't exist this whole time. <laughs> um. <laughs> By the way, Hazel423 over on Rumble. My favorite podcast without hinges. Thank you for this, the Rumble rant. Appreciate we that. love that. We love. We tried. We tried to be hinged, you guys. It just for like a whole season. Yeah, didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work out. We were just not made for hinges. I think. No. Um, Ohio is the seventh most populated state, which I think starts to explain some of the other weird things about Ohio. It's very. Po- it's highly populated and it's very central to the United States. So some things are genuinely coincidences. Because of that, you don't think of Ohio as being a very important state. You think of it as being a pretty boring state, but it is very central. It's got a lot of people. So, yeah, another comment we got a lot was as uh, as the as Ohio goes, so goes the rest of the country, which is kind of like you know it's a it's a political thing, like as far as voting yeah. goes. But I think there's other aspects of that that'll come into play for sure. Yeah, which, I still can't believe it's the seventh most populated still, though. That's crazy. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I know it's got big cities. It's just I've driven through Ohio so many times, it's hard for me to think of it as a... But I guess if you drove through, like, New York a bunch and you didn't go to New York City, you wouldn't think it was that populated either. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, for indigenous people groups, which are always important when we're discussing these things because they always have stories and it's helpful, we have the Erie, the Kickapoo, and the Shawnee Indians. But... Of note, there are no reservations or federally recognized tribes in Ohio. It's one of only 14 states that doesn't have reservations. I don't know why that is. That's just that's weird. The case. I mentioned weird, <clears throat> weird choices in public art, which I think say a lot about a place. <laughs> Ohio has Cornhenge. Yeah, I <laughs> I chose the most majestic photo I could find just to be fair, you know? <laughs> I love that this exists, but I, I'm still surprised that it exists. <laughs> then so, I'm like, oh yeah, I've been to Ohio. That's again, <laughs> I've been to Ohio, that's how I know it doesn't exist. Because of exactly. this. Because of Cornhenge. Because of Cornhenge. They are six foot three inches tall. There's a hundred and nine of them in this installation. They're all made of concrete. <clears throat> um the whole point of it was to celebrate farming and like the rural nature of the state. They used a field that had used to be farmed by Sam France. 
who was a leader in the use of hybridized corn. So it's it's a weird thing to be proud of, genetically modifying your food. I wish I would have pulled up that uh, little meme. The uh, what's that? The little boy that says it's corn. It's, it's corn. corn. It has the juice. <laughs> that's it. Anyway. That's Cornhenge, but that's not the only weird public art installation. We have the Scioto Deer in Columbus. I'm still creeped out by this. You showed me this yesterday, and I it, again, if you guys are listening to this later, this is why you got to come over to Rumble or Odyssey and watch the full show because there's a lot of pictures tonight. And this yeah. one, this one in and of itself, is worth the worth the subscription. Let's just show all of the all of the deer. There's three deer, and we have a couple photos of each one, and then I want to talk about why they're weird. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, if you if you recognize, that's from the first meme that we show, which I did not know that meme was of an actual statue in Ohio. So, so I think that's all of them. Point, right? yeah. The the expressed purpose of this art installation was to draw people to the river, show how fun it was to hang out, and just kind of be like whimsical. Look at these deer who are hanging out at the river. Isn't this cute? And <laughs> the, the artist chose ma made a choice to make these deer more human, give some more human characteristics. And what what happened is that we have reached the uncanny valley. Yeah. These things are creepy because they're too human. Yeah. And I gotta it's, go sorry. ahead. It's huh? hard for me to not think like, how did you not realize these were creepy, my guy? Right. I gotta say, like, so there's a there's a video game that I love, Time Splitters 3. And one of my favorite levels is the like 1990s horror mansion level. And in it, you fight this giant deer. Like it, it's uh, it's hanging on the wall and then it busts through the wall and it's a whole deer. Like, <laughs> and it looks like this is my point. So uh, creepy, super creepy stuff. Very creepy. And the whole human, like not deer thing. I mean, not deer is a cryptid that is in the Appalachians, which the Appalachians hit Ohio. So it's not like not deer aren't even in this. Like, you could make an argument that this is an art installation of a cryptid of not deer. Yeah. Which are really creepy and demonic. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure it was just meant to be cute and I'm just being silly. Moving it is on. creepy though. Like sometimes sometimes things that are meant to be cute are not. Yeah. I think I think that movie talking about Uncanny Valley, that movie that I always said I hated, the train one with Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. Polar Express. Polar Express. It's like it's meant to be a cute kids movie, but it creeps me the hell out. Yeah. And I think that is a little bit more understandable in that you can tell that they were trying to just be really, really human with the <clears throat> animation and it just didn't work as opposed <clears throat> to making a choice to humanize deer. Yeah. But hi, bad quality memes. Good to see you. <laughs> okay. Thank you to everyone who's in the chat. If I haven't seen you, I'm sorry. I'm I have so I, I also noticed that Kelsey in chat um, mentioned time splitters at the exact moment I started talking about it. So same wavelength. I like that's that. amazing. That's amazing. I was today years old when I found out that existed. So <laughs> also in Ohio, we have a massive NASA testing facility. It was built in it broke ground in 1941. It was originally called Plum Brook Station and now it's been renamed after Neil Armstrong. Um NASA tests their stuff there. I believe that SpaceX and Blue Origin also test their stuff there. It's it's a massive uh, testing facility. And this gives context to the fact that 25 of the astronauts who have been to space are from Ohio, including 
John Glenn, the first American in orbit, and Neil Armstrong, the first man to walk on the moon. If you believe that the moon landing was real, and if you do the math on that, NASA says that they've carried 355 people to space. Not all of those were astronauts, but I don't know how many weren't, so we're just going to pretend they were all astronauts. If you do the math out, that's seven a state if we were just kind of dividing them up equally. So 25 is kind of a lot to have from one state, but population-wise, it's a little bit different. And then you have proximity to the industry, which is always going to give you more. So I don't think it's particularly weird. People say, people act like it's, it's weird really if you don't know weird. there's a NASA facility in Ohio. And I yeah. also say, I, I said this before, but I'm like, I, I wonder if like, you get this meme kind of from like all the space movies, like Star Wars does this, but like Star Trek really does this, where in the Star Trek movie, I don't remember Captain Kirk or whatever, he was like, didn't he live in Ohio or was it, it was some state that was just corn. It was just flat with corn. Yeah. The idea was my state that I'm growing up in is so boring. I need to go on some big adventure. If you grew up in Hollywood, you're probably more likely to be like, hey, the movie industry, like that's my adventure. So I could see it from that aspect of uh, maybe, you know, just sick of the flat corn state you want to explore. So yeah. Um, also, I see Patrick's in chat says he's glad he caught this. He was born in Ohio. I always knew something off about about Pat. Yeah. I love you, Patrick. <laughs> Good friend of mine. Keep Shout going. out to the Iowans it was Iowa. In the chat. The, no, Iowa was what he was in the movie. So. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, why are you showing I lived, Iowa? I lived in <laughs> Iowa, and it is a much more boring state than Ohio for sure. Yeah, but I like nice. Iowa better. It's 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 more peaceful and less weird. Anyway, <laughs> it's also Ohio was the birthplace of aviation. The Wright brothers were from Dayton, so we think of. Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, as where they took their first flight, but they lived in Dayton. Okay. So I think that that like flight astronauts are usually fighter pilots before they become astronauts. So that whole thing really explains the number of astronauts to me. I don't think that there's a, you guys all know, I think the moon landing was real. You guys all know that this NASA facility pays me a lot of money to say that. It's fine. <laughs> Also weird, seven United States presidents were born in Ohio, which is also statistically a lot for one state, but it was an early state in the union. So that, that was what I was going to say is like Ohio was like the Western expansion state. Right. Like everybody wanted to be there at a certain point early in our country. Right. And it's mentioned in the movie, the Patriot I just watched. And I was like, the one guy's like, I really want Ohio. Like that's the state I want when we, we win this war. But uh, yeah, no, like isn't Virginia got a ton though too? I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't do oh, okay. any comparison because I'm not scientifically uh, honest it's like all that. Good. <laughs> but it's Ulysses Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes, James A. Garfield, Benjamin Harrison, William McKinley, William Taft, Warren Harding. So basically, just the boring ones and Ulysses. Just the S. boring Grant. ones and Ulysses Grant. I like it. Um, but there's a, there's a couple more interesting technological things here. Thomas Edison was from Ohio, and in 1879, Cleveland was the first city to be lighted with electricity. The auto industry also began and was really big in Ohio. I know it ended up being even bigger in what Michigan and stuff, but it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ohio. Well, this whole area is really like a post. It still is both Michigan and Ohio. Like as yeah. much as the auto industries died, it's still those like GM still got huge facilities in both. So, right. And I think both of these states are suffering from the decline of the automotive industry, exactly. which starts to, I think, some of the some of the meme in the same way that Bunny Man Bridge, the Bunny Man story, really comes out of this mal malaise of 
change and Mm -hmm. a change in lifestyle, community really changing. I think that some of these stories are coming out of that malaise of the automotive industry dying and uh, a previously more prosperous state not doing as well anymore. Yeah. Um, It doesn't explain everything, but I think it contributes. And I want to be fair. Um, Akron was the first city to use police cars. So that's kind of cool. Um, and Ohio also has they the get a lot largest, of use out of their police cars in Akron. Ohio also has the largest Amish population. I thought it was Pennsylvania, but it's Ohio. Yeah. So it's strange to me that we have this relationship between a lot of technological firsts, a lot of things that like really revolutionize the country side by side with a with a people group that doesn't accept that. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, especially when you get in, we you know get into some of the ancient stuff. Like I was watching the ancient apocalypse thing, and one of the th- points he made is like we've always had these cultures that live side by side that are of like way different technological states. Yeah, um, and I mean it's still true today if you think about like Amish and the rest of the world. So yeah, and, yeah, and and we've talked a little bit before about question marks about you know not saying that technology is evil, but question marks about have demons contributed to handing us technology throughout the years. It's in all the stories. It's in all the stories. All the stories. Farming included in that. Yeah, farming included. And all the stories are true, as we are coming to believe. (laughs) As Han Solo told us, yeah. So, yeah. So, let's get into, with that, let's get into ancient Ohio. Oh, I thought you were running the stingers tonight. (laughs) It's all good. I didn't know that. We'll just keep going. Is it is it this one? Is it number it's this two? One. We're put together. Yeah, we are we are professionals. <laughs> professionals. Yeah. I definitely pay attention when PJ tells me things. <laughs> okay. I alluded to this in my last episode, which was two episodes ago, because you know, PJ and I switch off. So when I did Atlantis, I was like, there is a theory that Atlantis is in Ohio, but I didn't tell you about it because I said I was going to save it for the Ohio episode. So here we are. Atlantis is in Ohio, maybe. So the whole theory comes down to the Portsmouth, Ohio earthworks, which don't really exist anymore, but we know what they looked like. So we have a little bit of a map blueprint here to show you yeah got it right there and this is a mound which we're going to talk a lot about there's a lot of these earthworks these mounds that were built by the ancient people who lived in ohio prior to the the indian tribes we have the adena people the hopewell people people who really predated any of the what we think of as indigenous tribes and this, they they built this. They built everything. We're gonna. I'm gonna show you in this section. But you have this mound in the center, and then these concentric circles, um, and then going the Ohio River is feeding into this. And this is um, in in what southern ish Ohio. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's in Ohio, and the whole world is Ohio. <laughs> the I guess the thing that's the most compelling about this is that the size is actually perfect for what Plato described. It's oddly perfect for what Plato described. I got to say, though, it does remind me of your kind of like concluding theory. People, if you guys didn't catch that episode, is that like Atlantis isn't just a place in in the story of Atlantis. It talks about it being a kingdom of many other things. So like, right. If 
if Atlantis was the ancient civilization, like as a whole, and we know from things like Graham Hancock that there was people in America way back then, it yeah. would make sense. And they had, you know, all these mounds and ancient tech and astrology and all this stuff. It would make a little bit of sense that Ohio would have an Atlantis-like city in it. And even if you pull back from that and say, this was a thing that worked in the same way that the pyramids worked and they built them everywhere. Right. These, this concentric circle city with water in it, they liked it. So they built it wherever they could build it. I think that you can make that argument about this. It's obviously not Atlantis. Other than the size, nothing else exists. Yeah. Uh, nothing else works about this. Like It's nowhere near Athens, although there is an Athens, Ohio. There we go. Atlantis confirmed. <clears throat> They're telling you. Yep, it's all Atlantis. That's <laughs> what this is. It's all Atlantis, and it always has been. Yep. Uh, and Atlantis is plotting to take over the world. You guys, I figured out the meme. It's Atlantis. Okay. I'm over it. Let's get into talking a little bit more about the mounds and the giants. So the mounds and the giants, they go together. Mm-hmm. The indigenous people groups that I talked about before, the they're pieces of the Iroquois. The Iroquois are a large group, a large language group. Um, the, the Erie, Kickapoo, and Shawnee, they had stories about the people that came before them. They had stories about the Adena people and the Hopewell people. And they had stories that Within the, that people group, there were giants. And they were the same as what we've already described in previous streams, that these were red-haired, with six fingers, cannibalistic, and sexually perverse. And these giant bones have been found in the mounds. So a lot of times these are called burial mounds in the same way that we've always thought, well, we used to always think that the pyramids were tombs. Right. These mounds have been thought of as burial mounds. But there's just a big question mark in people's minds now what the actual relationship is between these pyramids, these mounds, and life and death. Just because someone's buried somewhere doesn't mean that was the entire purpose of the thing, especially if it's as big as the Great Pyramid. And they never found anyone in the Great Pyramid. So pulling back a little bit, we, we see the Great Pyramids in Egypt. And th- that's the absolute pinnacle. And then... South America, we see similarly incredible structures. You, there's a couple locations where you could make an argument that they are as good as the pyramids. There's one in particular I'm thinking of where it is bigger in its footprint. It's not as tall, but it's as big in its footprint. The one in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. And then you have imitations. So it seems to be pre-flood, post-flood, your great pyramids, your, your really big ones that nobody understands how to make anymore. Those are pre-flood. Those survived the flood. And then afterward, you have maybe some restoration of them. You have imitations of them. You have people trying to figure out. But what seems to be the case is that the geometry of them was the important part. That it didn't matter what they were built of. They could be built of earth. Like, um, Let's pull up the first picture. I know I'm jumping ahead of my notes a little bit. This is one of the mounds in Ohio. I just have it up while I'm talking about this. It seems that the important part for these people was the geometries. It didn't matter if it was the biggest or the tallest. It didn't matter if it was made of stone. What mattered is that it was a way for their, I mean, they seem to be holy sites. It was a way for them to commune with their gods. A lot of these (laughs) lines astrologically, the Great Pyramids line up with True North. There's so many different 
geometries that are associated with these that, that ancient people shouldn't have even known about. Right. So let's see. Let me pull back a little bit. So this one that's on the screen is the Miamisburg Mound in Ohio. That is the second largest pyramid mound structure in North America. Uh, I will show you the first largest. This is not in Ohio, but just for contrast, the it's Monk's Mound in Illinois, in Collinsville, Illinois. So something that's this one just resembles a little bit more in shape the ones that you see in South America and less the, the pyramid shape. Yeah. Um, Bookstore Thor's got a really good point over here on Rumble. He says, yeah, maybe maybe uh, Egypt was more technologically advanced, but did they have a cornhenge? Did they have a cornhenge? No, they did not. So They did not. So check, checkmate. Checkmate Ohio, world. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Miamisburg Mound is the largest of a thousand known mounds that are surviving in Ohio of various sizes of what is thought to be known to be 10,000 just in Ohio. Some are bigger than others. A lot of them are on private property. A lot of them were destroyed in farming, um, dug up. Most of them are not recognized as historical sites. But a lot of them are. There's a lot that are recognized as historical sites. The second largest mound in Ohio is the Enon Adena Mound. Is that this one here? Yes, this is Enon okay. Adina. And you see in the, this one, I mean, it's just they've let trees grow on top. They haven't necessarily <clears throat> recognized. It is marked as a historical site, but most of them are not preserved as something important. I want but to point this out, too, for people that may be listening, like with or even if you're watching, like it, they look like hills. Like that's the thing you said, like someone got destroyed in farming or construction or things like that. I don't think without like actually digging or using certain type of seismic uh, measuring devices that I've seen them use that some of these would you even, even recognize like maybe it's a hill that's kind of pyramid shaped but because of you know 10,000 years or whatever of like dirt and mm-hmm. you know whatever growing on top of it it's just it's bare like it is buried it's not the way that we think of pyramids in Egypt where they're still above the ground because they're in like sand and nothing's you know right happened there for a long time but or they're maintained but yeah it's like this one I wouldn't know it wasn't just a hill. Yeah. And a lot of these, we have pictures of them from older and we know that they used to be bigger and they've worn down. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Here's another one. The Shrum Mound. Just want to show you some examples. Just an impressive. This one's well preserved. This has been kept up Mm -hmm. very nicely because people are starting to recognize how important these are. For our history, most of these have never been properly excavated, but those that have at least been begun to be excavated, they've found buried inside them these giant bones. Anywhere from 8 to, what, 17 feet. Yeah, and they're all over the Midwest, too. I mean, I was reading stories earlier this week in Wisconsin. They found ones where they imagined there were cities of like 20,000 or more people that lived in these you know, pyramid-like structures, and they were finding bones that were nine, ten feet tall back in. And these were reported in the New York Times in the 1890s, early 1900s, and stuff like that. Before they started kind of covering it up, before the Smithsonian started coming in and like, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of cover-up, but but it is, it is quite well confirmed that this happened. There, there's a few where there's a genuine question mark: is this a hoax or whatever? Mm-hmm. But there are a thousand 
that yeah. have been dug up in North America. So you can explain away one or two. You can't explain away a thousand giant skeletons. So, and uh, again, they're found in the mounds. And this is why they're called burial mounds. These mounds were often, it seems to be built in different stages. So it looks like what may have happened is that you would have a site and then either the flood came or something else happened. It fell into disrepair and then they would try to rebuild it. And so you, you, you have, you might try to date it by its latest construction and you wouldn't get nearly as ancient as, as what it is. So oftentimes inside these mounds, you have big stones, but they've been mounded up with dirt afterward to make them bigger and all of this seems to be connected with sun worship. It has a connection with burial. It has a connection with resurrection. This whole, it seems to be part of this whole religion that, hang on, <laughs> PJ had asked, how, can anyone live in a flat, boring state like Ohio? But Ohio doesn't exist. <laughs> Sorry, I just noticed that. Thank you, Blankets. Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt your Blankets makes us there. the best means. I yes. am not mad to be interrupted. <laughs> But it seems to be part of this worldwide ancient religion that had something to do with these pyramids, with sun worship, with this these burial chambers, resurrection chambers, this concept of the afterlife being such an important thing and preparing for it. This idea that when you die, your soul is going to rise up to the belt of Orion and then you're going to pass through this astrological journey. And the idea that the stars are so important and you can tell the future by them and they're very much worshiping the stars and the sun and all of these things is a huge part of this ancient religion that spread across continents that that according to the the popular narrative among archaeologists should not exist. This this doesn't make any sense. Well, right. I mean, there's so much of this that shouldn't exist. If you just just the giants being explained the way they are alone. I you know you said red haired six fingers. You've got the flood narrative that literally is throughout all the world. Pyramids, concentric ring circle cities. Like there's so much of ancient population civilization that should not have been able to meet and cross there's a million dragons being talked about in every uh yeah. you know every single so unless these things are real you know what i mean then how is it that all or, or these people were communicating or able to travel or more highly advanced than we think of them then none of this makes sense that every single society's got all of those things that i just mentioned stories about giants specifically in most cases stories about giants being made from the relationship between gods and humans yeah um Stories about, you know, uh, a great flood that wiped out everybody and, you know, the the architecture. You know what there's not stories about? An ice, ice age. age. <laughs> I know. None at all. <laughs> none at all. I want to say this really quick. Uh, I know we're going to keep the show going for a while, but if you guys are on YouTube, we are not going to be staying on YouTube or any of the other platforms. We keep this show on Rumble and Odyssey where you can get the full show. And if you're listening, you can listen to the full show there, uh, except for at the very end, we go over and just chat with everybody that's on those uh, channels and kind of have a little bit of a, you know, it's a little different at the end of the show. I think it's a very fun part of the show. It's a lot of, yeah. a lot of laughs and chat, chat with you guys. But we're going to be shutting off Rumble here in just a couple of minutes. But before I do that, if you're there, I'm just going to take a moment to copy and paste and drop the links where you guys can watch it. And in the description of the show, you should be able to see, like, if you're not on Rumble or Odyssey, you can click those links and sign up really quick. It's really easy. Uh, quick, free accounts. But that's a way you guys can support the show. Uh, YouTube YouTube just likes to take down all of our stuff, and we're sick of it. And yeah. uh, 
might as well just keep our show growing on a platform where we can actually continue to grow and it doesn't just go away. So appreciate you guys. Yeah. I hope you go to Ohio. I hope you go to Ohio. Yeah, YouTube. At the end of life, are you going to go to heaven? Are you going to go to Ohio? That's the thing you have to ask yourself. Call one eight five five truth So, all right. I'll be shutting off YouTube. Keep talking. Wow. First time ever Peter's asked me to talk. I, okay. I usually don't, but I'm not feeling super well today. So, oh. all right. No one wants to hear your complaint. <laughs> I'm so mean. I'm so mean. Okay. Next thing we got to talk about is the Serpent Mound. So this is another earthwork in Ohio, arguably the most significant archaeological site in all of North America. Nobody talks about it, but it is in Ohio. Let's get a picture up on the screen of the Serpent Mound. So you see, this is a quarter of a mile long. This is ancient, ancient site. And we'll get into how we know it's so old in a second. But you see this tail curling and then all these squiggles of the snake. And then you see the head here. And then it is appearing to swallow this oval-shaped separate mound thing. And inside that mound thing was a Stonehenge. Right. Because there is another thing that also crosses boundaries. Like stone six-fingered statues of people. Mm. Yeah, Snakehenge is weird. I just, or Snakehenge, Snake Mound is weird. I just, my wife pointed this out to me earlier. My kids have this little, um, she pointed this out to me yesterday. My kids have this little map of America, a puzzle. So like each state is a puzzle piece and you fit them all together and make this map. It's not super huge, but every state has like one thing it's known for. And that one has Snake Mound for Ohio. It's the one thing that's like, Ohio. it's not Cornhenge. It's not Cornhenge. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) It's not Scioto Deer. It's Serpent Mound. Mound. Serpent Mound, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been calling it Snake Mound, but I guess technically it's Serpent Mound. It's, yeah, Yeah. 400 meters long. It is located on the site of a very old meteor strike, which may be the reason it was built there. Probably. Each, could you pull up the retouched photo? So not the one we just had, but this, this is a... This is not a real photo, but it's basically the thing taken, trees removed, pulled back, so altered so that we can see it better. And you can see here what you couldn't see before are these horns on each side of... Let me see if I can zoom up on those, because those are interesting. They're hard to see in the real uh, photo, but that, yeah, these horns right here and here that come off the side of the head. Yeah, and I'm calling them horns. I'm choosing to call them horns, and you'll see why in a bit. There's no consensus as to why those are there, what those mean. But each of these bends in the snake lines up to one of the solstices. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like this was built in an act of sun worship to celebrate the solstices. People who go there who are not Christians who who find this site very they find the site very spiritual, very holy place. And it was meant to be a holy place. And if you um, look at the tail where it's curled up like that, if you take a line and go through the hinge of the jaw. Yeah, right that here line, across. Yep, that line points true north. Yep. That's yeah. in- insane geometry for ancient, ancient, what, hunter-gatherer peoples to build this, to know exactly where true north is. <clears throat> 
But here's the thing. It's not exactly true north. It's two degrees off. It's just a teeny tiny bit off what true north is for us right now. But Earth doesn't always stay in the same place. We have, uh, it's called, what is it called? Yeah, there's a name for it, but basically it, it on its axis kind of wobbles Yeah, over time. Yeah, it nods on its axis. And so if we, if we give them the credit to assume that they're right, that they got it right, and that it's just simply moved since they built this, we can date them to right after the end of the alleged ice age during what is proposed to be the Younger Dryas cat- cat- catastrophic period. So how we would center that in biblical and i'm i'm still figuring out how the popular archaeological narrative or even this less popular younger dryas narrative lines up with the bible but i would put this right after the flood right when people are spreading out again that was the one thing i noticed the most uh, because i just finished the ancient apocalypse show today and that was the one thing i noticed that every one of these sites has something that dates it exactly to that period right after the yeah Younger Dryas, I would, I, I think the evidence is there for a flood, but we can go on that to another point. But yeah, right, right. Y- you can make. Well, can the I argument- just make this point really quick? Yeah. He says Graham Hancock says this, and I thought it was so interesting because he's always breaking the narratives of these people, except yeah. in one case, and I found it really funny. He goes, "So there's this ice age that happens, and then normally during when it normally during an ice age when it gets colder, it wouldn't uh, flood. That makes no sense at all, but it did, and he just leaves it at that, and I'm like." Like you're questioning every narrative except the one where they say, yeah, so the earth had a massive flood that was caused by water freezing, which is the opposite of what would happen. It makes no sense, but it did because we say so. So I I don't know. Like I just, that was my only nitpick. I have nitpicks with Graham Hancock. I think he's doing great work. I think he's wrong on some things, but that was the one where I was like, that's the time you accept the narrative. Like when it, when your when your excuse is it just happened, even though it's the opposite of what would happen scientifically. Anyway, I think what Graham is stuck on is that he? Do, if you listen to him talk and you some of his stuff on Rogan, he has a bit of a hatred. Might be too strong of a word, but he has a bit of a hatred for religion. He's very angry at it for several reasons. Some of them are quite valid, and I don't know his whole story. But I think that that's what's holding him back from properly considering some myths from the Bible that mm, right. He would, if he didn't feel that way about religion, I think he would be giving them a more fair shot and recognizing how clearly they line up. But the dating well, he gives, is all he gives a fair too. shot to every other one. You know, I mean, yeah. like the ancient Aztec yeah. people or the people who built Bimini Road or whatever. So that is a little inconsistent of him, I think. But yeah. Yeah. But be that as it may, the point has been made that the same evidence for an ice age isn't is evidence for a flood that this whole thing that archaeologists geologists have superimposed on our history of the ice age is just as easily flood and i think that what you could say is because they're put they're saying the ice age happened and then the younger dryas catastrophic period happened where there's lots of mini catastrophes and i think what we actually have is we have the flood and then we have a period of time where people are spreading out again and then we have a lot of mini catastrophes as the earth is coming, I mean, you don't just have a massive flood and then the earth is like perfectly stable again. I think right. <laughs> we have a lot of evidence that things were really weird for a long time. Yeah, probably hundreds of years. Yeah. So that is that. There is a, at least one giant that was reportedly dug up right nearby the snake mound, the serpent mound. And there is a myth 
that is from the people group around here that is related. So the myth goes that there was a giant horned serpent, horned serpent, in a lake terrorizing a village. So their sky spirit sent down a hero with lightning bolts to fight the serpent. And so the, the, the sky spirit with the lightning bolts fighting the serpent in the lake. The battle is so intense that the earth is shaking and constellations are dislodged and fall to earth. And one of these falling stars hits the serpent and wounds it. And it's thrashing in the lake, sends tsunamis through the villages, flooding them and destroying a lot in its path. But the serpent is not an, ever an issue for them again. Right. <laughs> so I have questions about this picture, this image. So this is the image of the, the serpent that you're talking about, right? And obviously, like you bring up the horn thing because this snake in, in Serpent Mound has the two horns coming off it or whatever you yeah. want to call them. I just noticed this thing's got like, again, this maybe is just like the AI art or like creativity, but like, is there parts of this that have to do with pyramids and, and obelisks? Because I noticed that that looks just like the Washington Monument in the background. Yeah, no, this is, pyramids. So this is Apophis. This okay. is the big snake from Egypt mythology, but it seems to be the same snake throughout mythologies. So in in North America, we have the this horned serpent, you have it in the Midwest, and you have it in the Great, Great Lakes region. And it's the mortal enemy of the Thunderbirds. But here in Egypt, it's chaos personified. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it fights with Set, the god of war, and sometimes all of the gods are fighting it because it's so scary. It has this interesting relationship with the sun where it's always chasing the sun across the sky, trying to eat the sun. Where you see this same relate weird relationship with the serpent mound and sun worship. You have you have a lot of interesting correlations between Apophis and and this North America snake. <clears throat> also, Agent of Social Media Chaos says there's a Greek ancient Greek uh, horn snake called Serastus. Yes. There's okay. an ancient Greek one. There's one in Celtic mythology that's associated with Cernunas, which we talked about in our CERN episode. It is, it is always associated with the sun God, mm -hmm. the Apollo Horus God. Interesting, interesting stuff. Myths yeah. are interesting because they're not true, but they're also like the reason they have survived is because they are a little bit true. Right. You yeah. I find it interesting. Again, again, like another, another thing that also crosses all of these things, like the exact same, like there's no horned snakes that we know of, but they're in all of the mythologies. It's they're another in all one of the mythologies. Like, yeah. These horned serpent dragon creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, you see them everywhere. You see them in Europe. You see them in, in the Near East. You see them in the Far East. You see them, I mean, they're everywhere. One big question I have is, what is the snake eating in Serpent Mound? Because in Egypt mythology, Apophis is always trying to eat the sun. But you would, you'd think that they would know that the sun is not an oval. So yeah, it looks like an egg. Egg. And... I don't know if it's still supposed to be the sun, but they made it a different shape because of the shape they wanted their Stonehenge to be. I don't think they're that careless if they're going to line up the, to the solstices. Right. But it's also been suggested that this is act, this is an egg, and this is a this is a portal <clears throat> symbolism. Hmm. 
which is pretty common throughout demonic symbolisms is these portals. Well, isn't that also part of like the conspiracy around like Stonehenge and things like this? So they're like ancient stargates. Yep. Ancient portals. Yeah. And I mean, we, we know that there was a Stonehenge there, standing stones there. The other question is this, is it eating the meteor that hit there? Is it is this this kind of like the snake's relationship with this meteor impact, with this myth of the meteor eating you know hitting the serpent? Mm-hmm. Is it all talking about the meteor? Is it a UFO? Who we'll knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Okay, we're gonna move on from the snake, but maybe not. Maybe we're not gonna move on from the snake. Maybe we're just gonna talk about it in a different way. Let's see. Is it this one? Yeah, this is one. (laughs) Maybe the snake never really went away. Maybe the snake is still in Lake Erie. (laughs) Because we have many, many reports from a long, long time ago, up until now, of a Loch Ness monster type thing, but in Lake Erie. So instead of Nessie, it's Bessie. <laughs> I love is, the creativity there with the names. Yeah. <laughs> Great. This is an old drawing that was included with a Facebook post from a uh, small museum that's located in, in New York. And I'm just going to read out this post because it's uh, an archive file that they have that's Archive file 38, the Lake Erie Monster. Bessie is a name given to an alleged lake monster in Lake Erie, also known as South Bay Bessie. The first recorded sighting of Bessie occurred in 1793, and more sightings have occurred intermittently and in greater frequency in the last three decades. Bessie is reported to be snake-like and 30 to 40 feet long, at least a foot in diameter with a grayish color. While shooting at ducks north of Sandusky, Ohio, which is coincidentally where that NASA facility is. In 1793, the captain of the sloop Felicity startled a large creature, a snake, described as more than a rod, 16 and a half feet in length. July 1817, the crew of a schooner reported a 30 to 40 foot long serpent, dark in color. Later that year, another boat crew spotted a similar animal, this time copper colored and 60 feet in length. This time they shot at it with muskets, which had no visible effect. I feel like that would be a bad idea. To just (laughs) anger a large creature, but whatever. A third 1817 incident took place near Toledo when French settlers, two brothers named Dussault, encountered a huge monster on the beach writhing in what they took to be its death throes. The brothers described it as between 20 and 30 feet in length and shaped like a large sturgeon, except that it had arms. The panicked brothers fled the scene, and when they returned later, the creature had disappeared, presumably carried off by waves after its death. All that was left of its presence were marks on the beach and a number of silver scales about the size of silver dollars. An extraordinary sighting, which was carried by local newspapers, uh, took place by the entire crew of a ship bound from Buffalo, New York to Toledo, Ohio in July 1892. The crew, including captain, saw a large area of water about 
6.5 miles ahead of them churned up and foaming as they approached they saw a huge sea serpent quote that appeared to be quote wrestling about in the waters as if fighting with an unseen foe end quote they observed as the creature relaxed itself and stretched out full length estimated at 50 feet long and four feet in circumference with its head sticking up above the water an additional four feet the brownish creature's eyes were described as viciously sparkling and large fins were also noted. Crystal Beach near Fort Erie was the scene of another sighting on May 5th, 1896. This time there were four eyewitnesses who watched for 45 minutes as a 30-foot creature with a dog-shaped head and pointy tail churned up the water as it swam about until finally disappearing before nightfall. There were some sightings of the alleged monster in 1969, the 1980s, and in 1993. An original $5,000 reward, later up to $100,000, has been offered by Thomas Solberg of Huron Lagoons Marina for the capture of Bessie. <laughs> we have a news headline. Well, I'm going to let you finish, but no. first. <laughs> <laughs> Misogyny. I love the memes, Misogyny. guys. I keep playing it. Um, also, really quick, Trace Flick over on Rumble with a $5 Rumble rant. Feds and robot coffee and tune-up fun. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate That's it. By the way, fun. if you do want some robot coffee from a Fed, you could use code Abby10, but I would I would suggest using code, code PJ10 over at NorthArrowCoffee.co. Uh, that's where you get the best pro-life coffee that you can get. 15% uh, of every sale goes to pro-life uh, funds like pregnancy um, what do they call uh, pregnancy centers essentially I'm blanking on names right now but you can do that guys North Arrow Coffee yeah. use PJ10 because you don't want to support a fed but what's this story I'm so interested because I have something I want to say at the end of this whole thing about okay. the, the monster because there's been a sighting that I want to talk about oh goodness okay well let's show the the uh, this one is so weird because it this is before this is before you Photoshop existed, mm -hmm. but it also doesn't look real. Like it, it doesn't look like it could possibly be real. <laughs> it looks fake, but I mean, it was before Photoshop, but there was like airbrushing and painting and stuff like that. Like if you're familiar with the Soviet Union, like you know that whole story from 1984 where they would just air, like that actually did happen where they airbrush people out of photos. So you can mm -hmm. find photos of Stalin with his arm around one dude and then like a bunch of empty space next to him because everybody else like pissed off the party and got erased from photographs. And yeah. stuff, so the reason I think this is fake is that this doesn't match any of the descriptions that we read of like a, a long serpent character. What this looks like is a plesiosaur, which mm -hmm. is what Nessie was thought to be. And it really seems like people just decided it was the same creature. So when they did this hoax, they drew in a plesiosaur as opposed to a serpent. Right. That's yeah. just my personal take. But this is a famous one. I think we have another famous image that's often thought to be the Loch Ness Monster, but it's it was actually taken in Lake Erie. This is more seemingly accurate to the to the descriptions. Who knows? It's blurry. They're always blurry. Yep. <laughs> um, but there are other stories around this area of more of a amphibious creature situation. Um, did you have something you wanted to say before we got into the petroglyphs? <clears throat> yeah. Um, maybe I'll try to find this video for later after your whole thing. And we're just chatting with people. I'll look, I'll try to find it, but there was a security camera footage in grant. Um, where was it? It was, it was Michigan. So it was Lake Michigan. It wasn't eerie, but it was, um, 
I'm trying to remember the name of the town, but anyway, it's on the Western side over by Grand Rapids and there's a uh, really convincing footage of this giant serpent um, that comes right off of a lighthouse security camera, a place that I've been to. So I want to wow. see if I can find that and show you guys. Cause I've watched it a bunch of times and some people try to say it looks, you know, like uh, whatever, but I think it's fairly convincing footage of some type of serpent. Hmm. So I'm surprised that didn't come up anywhere in my and it's not fake. Research. Like that's the one thing nobody disputes. It is real security camera footage. It's just you have to decide whether what you're seeing is what you're seeing or not. Right. So we'll play that in the rumble section if we can find yeah. it. Okay. So what what we also have kind of supporting this more amphibious creature with legs theory, and it kind of starts to sound like we have more than one creature. We have a serpent, but one of those stories, in, in the one with the death, where it was in its death throes on the beach, said it had arms and was shaped like a large sturgeon. That seems to be more <clears throat> in line with these petroglyphs. That was one of, of the excuses for the one in Lake Michigan. They said it was possibly an oversized sturgeon. Mm, so I found that interesting too. Yeah. 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 We, we, we have some petroglyphs of what's called the underwater panther that there are stories about in these indigenous tribes. This petroglyph is located um, near Lake Superior on the Canadian side. But the reason I'm bringing it up is there's another one in Ohio. But just take a look at this. You've got this very dinosaur-looking thing with legs and these big horns. So you definitely got your horned serpent thing going on. But they've given this legs. But we have one, a petroglyph from Ohio. And it's really weird. It looks like a kid drew it. It just looks it like does. <laughs> but this is like old. But you've got these same horns. It's like a it's like a horned Cernunos like smiley face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. I don't really know what to make of it, but there's just a lot of stories. This is that that is called the Leo Leo Petroglyph, by the way. Okay. There's a lot of stories involving monsters in the Ohio River, in the lakes, in the marshes, along these liminal spaces between land and sea, including the Loveland Frogman, which PJ made a TikTok about. If you want to go check it out on our Instagram or our TikTok or wherever you get your wherever you get your TikToks. (laughs) Just a lot of weird stuff involving the water, but. Unless you have anything more to say about that, I'm going to move on to Bigfoot. Let's go. Let's go on to Bigfoot. Right. Bigfoot. Now, Ohio, like everywhere, when whenever they have sightings of this creature, they, they can't just call it Bigfoot, even though it's obviously in that category. They have to like come up with a, another name. So you got like the Ohio grass man. And Do you think it's a touristy Ohio. thing? <laughs> like, oh man, if we say Bigfoot, then it won't be as cool for like the t-shirts that we can sell. We have to have our own Bigfoot, you know? Like the skunk ape or something. Yeah. Or just people like, I, I'm not crazy. I didn't see Bigfoot. I saw. Yeah. I saw, the, grass. I saw the grass man, you know? <laughs> What's weird to me about the grass man is it, it's called the grass man because it builds mounds, it builds these grassy mounds. And then you start to like, think about, you have all of these mounds and then you have this creature who's building mounds and what the thing that separates these Ohio ones a bit apart from other Bigfoot traditions, they tend to be more violent, which puts them more in line with the skunk ape mm-hmm. set. They 
are the only ones, the only stories that I was aware of that were seen in groups, communities, mothers with children, up to five at a time. Because usually these things are spotted all by themselves. Right. <clears throat> there are no indigenous stories about these. Unless you say, unless you count the stories about the giants. Are they red haired? Because like, that's the other thing I was curious about too, is like some Bigfoot sightings are brown or blackish hair and some are red haired. So like, is this a... These ones aren't red haired. These are just okay. furry, grassy. We have a blurry photo that I pulled. There's a few, but this one was... Yeah, um, probably I think the most compelling one I'd seen, but it's it's always hard to tell. It's always easy to dismiss one photograph or one eyewitness account. But you start to add up all of them and then it starts to be strange. So uh, Ohio is the fourth state for Bigfoot sightings. And this is credible Bigfoot sightings recorded people who have reported seeing it and it's been labeled credible. There's no particular reason to think that they're lying or making it up. You might not find it credible if you don't believe in Bigfoot, but you know, sure. That's what it is. It's the fourth behind Washington, California and Florida. There is about 315 credible Bigfoot sightings, mostly in Eastern Ohio at the base of the Appalachians. So that's it's it starts to be difficult when you have to explain 315 people all saying they saw the similar thing as opposed to just one or two, you know? Right. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I feel like we we if it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about, it doesn't matter how many people see it. it doesn't matter how credible the people are that see it. it doesn't matter if they're like, "Hey, this actually, you know, in some cases especially with like UFO stuff, it's like this ruined my life talking about it." but it was like so many of us saw it at the same time and it affected us in such a big way. We had to talk mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, specifically, I was thinking of a guy, this might've been in Ohio too. I was listening to a podcast recently about this guy who like went on uh, the MUFON contact and was like, Hey, we heard about your story and you've been quiet about it for a long time. Cause your community shunned you when you talked about it. Will you come on TV? And it really ruined him and his family's life over talking about this thing. And there was five of them that all saw it. Uh, together and it really freaked them out. So it wasn't yeah. like a, one crazy. I was like a well, you know, upstanding, you know, citizen in his community. So, I think we're going to talk about that account, or it might be just a similar. It might be. I don't know if because I can't remember if it was in Ohio or not. But yeah, I think it's the one we're going to talk about when we get okay. to UFOs. But yeah, I, if you've seen it and you're not willing to explain it away, then it's difficult to let go of. And if you haven't seen it it's easy to explain away and you hear one blurry story and you see one blurry photograph and it's easy to dismiss. Right. But 315 credible sightings in Eastern Ohio is kind of a lot. And the question in my mind is, are all the Sasquatch love legends just leftover giants? We keep I, the big question for people <clears throat> who do believe in Bigfoot is, is this a demonic thing? Is this an animal, like some sort of gorilla that hasn't been discovered yet? Or is it somehow a, a large person? And I, I want to say, if if we think it's a giant, if we think it's Nephilim blood, then it's all of them, right? It's all it's, those things. It's yeah. all of those things. That's kind of where I lean towards, too, especially considering there's three things that always come up with Bigfoot. It's it's not Bigfoot's never alone. That's the thing people have to understand. It always comes up next to grays and it comes up, you know, next to UFOs and it comes up next to indigenous folklore. So like yeah. there's all these things that are always 
present with Bigfoot or Yeti or Skunk Ape or whatever you want to call it. So, and again, like when you add them together, if you think they're the same type of creature, it's not just 315 people in Eastern Ohio. It's tens of thousands of people across the world and throughout, you know, recorded history. Right. It's kind of hard to ignore at that point. Yeah. Speaking of Bigfoot only showing up next to Grays, of course, Ohio can't say little gray aliens, but they're like, or Bigfoot. They're like, we've got melon heads and they tell us these stories about these orphans that were maybe experimented on and you're not really sure if they're corporeal or if they're ghosts but if they're corporeal they're kind of vicious and they eat animals and maybe people they're associated with animal mutilations which so are aliens so are aliens yeah so i read about the melon heads a few times because they're also from michigan there's allegan county michigan is like where the original melon head stories come up and then there's the ones in uh Ohio, but to me, it's like it, it reminds me of Bunny Man Bridge, where it's like the stories about them are very obviously not true. Specifically, one in Allegan County, they're like there's a, right. a children's hospital and they experimented on these kids, and it's like that place never ever existed. Right. Um. But I think that. But I go back to I think people are seeing something. They just want to explain it differently. They're trying to explain it, and they're using yeah. what they know to explain it. So this was like when these stories popped up. This was the time of lobotomies. This was the time when. Exactly. Terrible things were happening. And so they were using those things to explain what they were seeing. Oh, maybe this is a child that has had their brain messed with. Yeah. Or someone explains like they saw a gray. There's no word for gray yet. They didn't talk to the thing. So then somebody, you know, becomes a campfire story, folklore, some kid makes up like that's the way I see it. I don't, I, don't, I think there's enough sightings of melon heads that you have to also kind of question if they're seeing the same thing everybody else is seeing, but it gets mm-hmm. lumped in with this folklore that some person made up in Michigan about, uh, right. some child institution or something. And then Ohio isn't like Dr. Crow or something is the. Yeah. It, I found the individual stories so weird that I didn't bother write them down, but yeah, it, it has to do with, you know, kids, orphans being taken in, being cared for, being experimented on some combination of that. But let, let's just look at a artist rendering of the grays as well. I mean, you've, You've got the same thing. You've got these child-sized gray things. I mean, the the melon heads were supposedly sickly, sickly. I mean, they were gray. They're literally described as having these big heads and being gray and small like children. And so were the grays, these big heads and this sickly pallor. So, I don't know. I find the grays, the whole mythos around them, very very strange and i think that they only started to be seen after they became popular in sci-fi am i correct on that yeah well i kind of touched on this last episode a little bit but i think that i think that grays are just the same manifestation we've seen throughout all of history being talked about in their way just like the melon heads like the melon heads is one way's person one person's way of explaining these weird creatures and then the grays are another way that became popularized because of uh, specifically, there was a story. Did that come out of Ohio too? The story about the, the in the seventies or eighties, where there's this woman and her husband. They're the ones that termed them grays and told people that they came from like uh, Zebulon or why well, I can't think of it. Uh, I can't remember the name of the planet they say they come from, but like I, I think that it's just another way of explaining something that people have mm. seen throughout time. Like w- we said last week, it could possibly be the same as like these gargoyles that people are seeing, just explained right. differently because the folklore always comes back to the same, like these. Kind of, I mean, if you just take away the they're sci-fi demonic. element, they're yeah. demonic beings that possess people and abduct people and mutilate animals and steal people's body parts and DNA and stuff like that. So, yeah, weird, yeah. weird stuff, weird stuff. Yeah. Also, 
in that whole mythos connected with weird UFO stuff, but it's also a cryptid, is the Mothman. And this is traditionally thought of as a West Virginia thing, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, but it's all through the Ohio River Valley and up. You see, you have accounts of these sightings of this big Mothman, this big Birdman that's coupled with seeing UFOs, weird men in black type stuff. We'll do a whole episode on this at some point. Yeah, we have to do a whole episode because I was, again, like we were looking into different things this week, but I came across a lot of the same stuff just by accident. Um, and one of them was the fact that there's these bird, and actually Thunderbirds is a huge thing too that yeah. you mentioned earlier. Uh, Thunderbirds in the late 1800s, early 1900s, because that was my research for last week a little bit. And this week I was looking into stuff and I realized Mothman is, there's a Mothman of Lake Michigan that's been sighted in Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Indiana. And then uh, the same creatures being sighted over like Erie and all of Ohio. So like all of the Midwest has Mothman. It's just that everybody associates it with Point Pleasant, West Virginia because of the book. And even in the book, I've read it twice. He says they're all over. Like he's not saying it's just this yeah. one creature in West Virginia. People just think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. John John Keel, John Keel yeah. went to that town and specifically interviewed people in that town because a lot of them had seen it, but it wasn't just that town. That's just where he, you know, that's right. just what he told the story about. Okay. We've gotten through all that. It's all weird, but it's going to get weirder because we have to talk about my favorite Ohio cryptid, which is Joel Berry. Yeah. Which Absolutely is- <laughs> strange creature. I've seen some of his tweets. I'm not sure he's real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <sighs> Okay, you guys, you have to you have to admit. I mean, he he's supposedly the managing editor of the Babylon Bee. By the way, if you if you don't know, it's the one on the right. Um, this is live footage of me investigating this cryptid. By the way, see, Abby has does on the ground. Yeah, this is why you, this is why you guys got to keep supporting us because it costs money to do this on the ground reporting that right. Abby's doing yeah. over here for on sure. the ground reporting. Um, he there's no. Babylon B office is in Ohio, but he's allegedly from Ohio working remotely from his laundry room. But I have been reliably informed by the Daily Wire host that men don't know about laundry. So that is sus. Yeah. Um, in other evidence, there's this tweet that he tweeted. I, I tweeted, I don't know how to say this, but I'm starting to think Ohio exists. And he's like, Ohio people exist, which is just weirdly defensive. Yeah, so that's it, the lady suspicious. doth protest too much, I think. Yeah. yeah, which this is just the case with all Ohioans. I've found <laughs> that whenever I question the existence of Ohioans, there's a so many, like a weirdly high number of Ohioans suddenly in my mentions. We're populating like Russian bots. Yeah. I know. Insisting that Ohio exists like you guys don't comment on any of my other tweets. And then you're just like, Ohio. I don't, I don't buy it. It's the algorithm, dude. They, they, as soon as you type in Ohio, those bots just get funneled. <laughs> yeah, into your they account. come out. They come yeah. out. So, all right, we got to get into Ohio ghosts and UFOs. Which, um, which S- one is second to last one? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> We're professionals here. <laughs> I should have practiced that before, but it's fine. Um, okay. UFOs um, and hauntings. Hauntings. Ohio is the third most haunted state. 
behind Texas and California and directly in front of Michigan. So I'd buy it just sheer level of hauntings, which if you think about it in terms of sheer population of California and Texas, then Ohio is way out in front. Well, yeah, because they're way, way, way bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get into all sorts of hauntings. There's, I ran up against a lot of really weird, really creepy stuff in my, in, we got to give Jess nightmares. She's, she's in yeah. chat tonight. So, but they claim the most haunted place on earth, Mr. Beast, YouTube's Mr. Beast proclaimed this, the most haunted sp- spot on earth. And I've, I've seen a couple other people make the same claim. So we're going to, we're going to call it. It is the Ohio state penitentiary slash reformatory goes by different names. This this is a shot of it burning. It burned with its inmates inside in 1930, killing 320 people. This is the set uh, setting for the Shawshank Redemption. And it is just everyone who works there, everybody who... Uh, it's just known to be very, very haunted. Very evil, disturbed place. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. I don't... I don't know how to question a haunting because it's so it's one of those things where I can understand why someone would make up some things for attention, but hauntings, it's just, it seems to be hard to have it be for attention. It's just this very uncomfortable yeah, evil thing. You don't want to be there. You have to live with it. It's usually people's houses and things they can't get away from where they work, that kind of thing. It's just, I think it's just the way that non-believers talk about an evil place, uh, a place that's infested with demons. And and you do see demons throughout history and in, in, in the Bible being connected to either particular people or particular places. And it seems that when, at least my theory at the time, at right now, is that if a demon was attached to a person and then that person dies... They're just stuck there. And so I think that you had a lot of violent criminals here who had demons attached to them and then they were all well, mentally ill people, you know, a lot of, right. Yeah. Uh, Hicktown honey or yeah. Hicktown's honey says it's not that exciting, but I wouldn't go it alone. So I'm guessing <laughs> that you've been there. There's, we don't have to talk about this now, but there's one in uh, Northern Michigan. That's got a lot of similar folklore around it. And I know a lot of people have been there who have like the weirdest stories. So like these, old mental institutions they they always seem to be like spirits are like attached to those places so it wouldn't surprise me right yeah yeah i would i would go to this place i i would oftentimes i mean that's why i went to bunny man bridge i was close enough to do it i just wanted to see if it felt evil and it didn't so <laughs> yeah i i still think like that was a fun episode but i still think that's just a very clear cut case of Folklore. It's just an urban legend. And that's urban the legend, thing. Yeah. When it's confined to a small space and you don't have you don't actually have a lot of people insisting they saw something. You only have a couple stories that are handed around by teenagers. You only had a couple people claiming that they saw something, but they didn't stick by it. And it was just kids telling the story. Pretty clear cut that this didn't exist. When you have grown adults sticking to their story, multiple people seeing the same thing, then you start to have a credible Right mythos so just like this credible mythos over here it says pj can uh you can either go to heaven or ohio your choice and abby says nah just send them to ohio wow <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah. credible 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 sources 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm paranoid about my dog. My, this is fine dog. Cause I genuinely burnt his nose off during a meeting with somebody. <laughs> not, not burnt it off. The dog, the dog that's meant to be sitting there drinking coffee while he's on fire. <laughs> you set on fire. Gotcha. It's fitting. You know, he was just sitting there on fire going, this is fine. Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. I UFOs. Ohio is the eighth state in reporting in reported UFO sightings. And we're not going to get into a lot of them, but we'll do a couple. One of the oldest UFO photos, one of the top three oldest ones, was taken in Paris or St. St. Paris, St. Paris, Ohio, with this flying saucer up here. What is weird about this is this was taken before the Roswell crash, before the flying saucer craze. There is no context for this to have been faked into like yeah it's not like they're like oh this is a craze going on let me try to put a flying saucer in the background what what year did you say this was this was 1932 oh wow so that's 15 years 14 yeah 15 years before uh, Kenneth Arnold saw and described what now became flying saucers yeah yeah yeah, so there's no context for somebody to say, I'm going to put this in to be funny. Because even before it doesn't the Foo exist. Fighters. Yeah. Not the band, the, not the World actual War II. Yeah, Foo thing. Fighters. Yeah. So it's very difficult to explain this. Yeah, that's weird. The I think the one you were mentioning earlier is this absolutely incredible 1966 86 mile police chase of a UFO. So a cop in Akron, just outside of Akron, spotted this UFO and began the chase. Multiple people saw it along the way from different jurisdictions. 86 miles. I mean, you don't you don't chase Venus for 86 miles. <laughs> or swamp gas. Yeah, you don't chase you don't chase something as a cop. For 86 miles unless it's real. I'm sorry. You just yeah. you just don't. That doesn't happen. It started outside of Akron and it ended, get this, right outside of East Palestine. Of course it is. This is the guy I think you were mentioning it. It just it destroyed his life. The the original cop who saw it. This is he, a different story, but yes, I do know of this one, and it destroyed his life as well. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he tried to talk about it. He tried to report it. Wright Patterson. These were the guys who were running Project Blue Book. Yeah. Absolutely gaslit him. Said it was Venus. It, 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 Project it Blue Book's got a weird history where they were like, it's the same. Our, our, our government's done this for a long time where it's like either they're like, hey, let's go around and interview everybody and get all the stories or okay, we're now shut up time and let's ruin their lives. So yeah, Project Blue Book did both. They did the stuff of like, let's interview people and take them seriously and then let's gaslight people and like destroy them. So it, yeah. very weird stuff. And this is, I've said this about the firefighters accounts from World Trade Center 7, <clears throat> the, the Twin Towers, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. How I take those accounts, accounts from the first responders so much more credibly than anybody else's because... If a random person on the street says it sounded like explosions, I'm not going to, like, that's easy to dismiss. If a firefighter tells me that sounded like explosions, I'm going to be like, that sounded like explosions. 
They because would know. It is, yeah. They would know. And, and they're, they're used to the high stress situations. They're used to the high stress. They're used to paying attention. They're used to thinking on their feet. They're used to knowing what they're chasing. Right. They're like, you don't, I, maybe a random, like, redneck who's high on something chases something for 86 miles still difficult to believe even if you're high on something but a cop i just i don't buy it it was something i'm not saying it was yep. aliens but it was but it was something. something for sure yeah um so that's that except i heard a rumor that you had seen a ufo Okay. In Ohio. It's, it's I feel I'll try to tell this story really quickly because I feel like this is just one of those stories where it's like you had to be there. It's not that interesting of a story. But I've only in my life I've seen two weird things in the sky that I both of them happened in the same year while I was driving truck near the Ohio Indiana border. One of them happened in the Indiana side, which was a green meteorite I've talked about before. Uh, which if you don't know that Project Blue Book spent a lot of time looking into what they were they, because they were showing up around military installations and they would turn on a dime and they were weird. Like when I say it, people are just like, oh, it's just a normal comment. I'm like, you didn't see it. I'm yeah. telling you it was the weirdest damn thing I've ever seen in my life. Huh. That was weirder than the the UFO that I saw. And I don't, and I use UFO in this case because I truly was an unidentified flying object. Not saying like some people think you, you're talking about aliens. I'm not saying it's that. But what I'm saying is it was so strange that I pulled over my truck at three in the morning to watch this for a while. And when I first saw it, I'm thinking, oh, it's just a normal aircraft. It's got red and green lights and aircrafts have red and green lights that flash on either side to let you know what the right and the left side is. Huh. Um, so I was watching it, but what really struck me is that the, it was just the way it moved. So it's probably not that interesting story, but it moved in ways that are impossible for an aircraft to move. And that's what you always hear people say because it would stop on a dime like a helicopter and then it would zoom across the sky like a like a plane. It was way too fast to be a helicopter and way too sharp of turns. And it moved in ways that a, even a helicopter couldn't move, like as far as vertically and side to side. And I just watched it for a while, like blown out. Like it freaked me out. And then I Googled it and I found out I was in one of the biggest hotspots in the entire country for UFO sightings. And I was looking at this thing going, of course people are saying it. Because I, I think it was probably... the testing of something like military related or whatever but mm -hmm. if i saw it and other people are seeing it of course it's a hot spot it was like you you couldn't not go like what the hell is this thing um yeah. and i didn't get a good picture of it at all just the lights and the way they moved but it was very clearly a, a an aircraft and the red and green lights make me still think it's a military aircraft but it moved in a way that there's no mm -hmm. aircraft out there we know of that can move like this that's that's kind of the whole story so it was it was just weird i don't know yeah yeah I believe yeah. you. <laughs> Thanks. It was believe. weird. That's all I got to oh, say. It's, it's not that cool of a story. Yeah, believe. <laughs> hashtag believe all conspiracy theorists. Yes. Oh, we got to make that hashtag. Okay. Finally. Finally. We can't talk about Ohio without mentioning East Palestine. I know this has been talked to death. We didn't. We never really covered it per se. I, I think we got into it in some. We of the talked a little bit episodes. about on the blue blue beam episode. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but whole accident, uh, train accident, Norfolk Southern train crashed in East Palestine. The original crash wasn't as bad as what came after. Mm -hmm. it, they were leaking vinyl chloride, which is 
very bad. And then the government was like, Norfolk Southern, you clean it up. And Norfolk, Norfolk Southern was like, okay, let's do a controlled burn, which is the single worst thing they could have done. They set this stuff on fire, and and that is what created this incredible disaster. The, the big dark clouds you saw over Ohio for a long time, the burning eyes, the water contamination. Yeah, water, coffee sizzling when they poured milk in it and stuff like that. Animals dying in the rivers. I mean, some of this is just from the leakage, but some of this is from the burn. Terrible, terrible stuff. We all know that. We know that Norfolk Southern went around afterward offering to test people's water and trying to get them to sign waivers to say that they couldn't sue. The government was gaslighting people about whether or not the water was safe to drink when it obviously wasn't. There was a lot of gaslighting, a lot of weird stuff. I tweeted about this because I found something about it. The CDC updated their toxicological profile for vinyl chloride 11 days, 11 days before the disaster in Ohio. If you could scroll down, there's a whole thread here. In what way, you ask? They took a lot of information out about how dangerous it is, particularly with regard to cancer, drinking water, and children. This was the first update in 17 years. And then I linked the current report and then I linked the Wayback Machine to the 2016 version. This was this is very well documented. Other people fact-checked me on it. I wasn't the first one to report it, but I was toward the beginning of the pack who reported on this. No updates for 17 years. 11 days before the disaster, the CDC takes out a bun- bunch of information about how dangerous the very substance that spilled was going to be. I, I have trouble with a coincidence like that. It's too big of a coincidence. And it reminds me of our episode about atrazine. It's like, <clears throat> why would something that we very clearly know is extremely dangerous? And and again, like this chemical has its use is used to make PVC pipe. So what's like, it's not like they're spraying it on fields it's not like there's like that's the thing that gets to me like with atrazine you can easily see like why do they want why does the CDC care so much that we're told it's safe and it's it's mm. safe in drinking water and whatever it's because it's being sprayed on fields and the agricultural runoff is getting into your tap water and we know that 30,000 homes across America have atrazine in their taps so when Alex Jones says they're turning the freaking frogs gay and he's right he's actually right about this uh, we can see the cover up this one blows my mind because why else, after 17 years of, yeah, we know what this chemical is, we know what it does, we know what, you can't drink it, but we don't have to worry about that because you're not going to drink it because it's made for, in PVC. Like, there's no worries about it. 11 days. I, that, that's too big of a coincidence for me. I know a lot of people like to say this is just the government being bad at their job or it's coincidence. But I, and I think we've talked about this. I think we are going to cover this in a greater depth because it seems to keep happening. Yes, this is not... Just recently, we'll cover this later, but just recently there was, I have it in my notes because I wasn't sure if I was going to mention it or not, but just recently there was a massive latex contamination in Philadelphia. Right now, the people in Philadelphia cannot drink their drinking water. They're being encouraged to drink bottled water because of this massive latex spill. At the same time, there are 1,400 tons right now of methanol just loose on barges floating down the Ohio River near Louisville, Kentucky. That's just a disaster waiting to happen. That hasn't spilled yet, but it's it's loose. Right. So I think that we're we're seeing 
the thing about East Palestine is there's a lot of river stuff all there. Like if you were going to pick a location to really poison water for a large part of the country, that's a good place to pick. Yeah. We have a TikTok that kind of aggregates a bunch of different pieces that I could talk about, but I would take way longer to talk about than the TikTok does. So let's just show that. All right, let's check it out. Let's talk about some coincidences concerning East Palestine, shall we? First off, October 15th, a couple of months before this all happened, East Palestine introduces an ID program. How kind of them. Then, less than a week before the derailment, January 29, 2023, they do a news report about it. East Palestine Fire Department held a meet and greet at the community center where they provided information about my ID for residents and why signing up could benefit them. Then the movie White Noise released just a month before this happened, which parts were filmed in the very same location it happened. And the movie is almost exactly what happened. Just watch part of this trailer. Let's watch a sitcom or something. No. They're calling it the airborne toxic event. We won't come this way. Will we have to leave our home? Of course not. How do you know? I just know. Okay, what if it's dangerous? We have a situation. Even that song, if you listen to it, has meaning. But I digress. Then we have the EPA rushing people back home because now we have those My ID bracelets to track the health. And then we have that movie that is no coincidence. It's almost like it has become a game to the elites. Like, hey, let's do all this stuff. And no one's going to notice it's a coincidence. Or if they do, we're going to call them crazy. So let's just run this next idea of a possible coincidence that's going to happen. The EPA scolds Norfolk Southern for improper disposal. Failed to dispose of contaminated soil properly. Well, check out what this lady has said. Well, according to the laws governing Agenda 2030 land development, any land deemed toxic, the government can seize it and kick everybody out and put people in 15-minute cities. So with those glaringly obvious coincidences in our faces, don't be surprised whenever they start seizing some of that land. When they start using East Palestine as the example of why my ID program is gonna save lives and we're all gonna be required to wear them. So now that you can see how clear these coincidences are, like this movie, like what that lady said, and contaminated soil and seizing land, and the rollout of these ID bracelets, when they start pulling these out, say no. I'm not going to wear an ID bracelet. I don't need them to track my health. I don't need their health. Yeah. So this yeah. feels like a continuation of everything that we saw. And and the whole like revelation of the method is so strong with the the yep. white noise. It's like we have to make sure we tell them what's going to happen for our karmic retribution. So let's do it a month before. Like they don't even wait. So but no, like, hear me out. Like, does this not sound like a continuation of everything that was set up in 2020, which we all, we all yeah. at this point realize and call it a pandemic, right? So you've got 
the whole like let's shut down everybody and we can monitor their health and we have you know health IDs, digital IDs, digital vaccine passports. Let's just make that into a bracelet. Now it's continuation of that policy. And then the other policy, if everybody remembers the conspiracy theory that you weren't supposed to notice last year was they're burning down all the farmland and Bill Gates is buying or burn down all the food processing plants and Bill Gates is buying all the farmland. And now it's, it just seems like a continuation of that whole thing. Like the control, the water, control, the food and control everybody's movements. Eat the bugs. Yeah, and and it's not like they didn't tell us this was exactly the 2030 agenda at WEF for the last however many years. We have to actually start believing that our enemies are telling us what they're up to. Yeah. When they tell us. I have a theory about this. And then then let's just wrap Ohio. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. So Enoch tells us, and the Bible alludes to it. I mean, these things work together. Now, we we would say Enoch is mostly a true story, not biblical but still a really good account. But then the Bible accounts, obviously, we believe are, are true, describes that these giants that existed on the earth, a big part of the problem was that they ate up all the food. Like they used up all the resources. Yeah. They were the population problem. Yeah. And so we've been talking on this podcast about it seems like they keep trying to find this DNA again, bring it back, use the resurrection chamber, whatever they need to do to bring the Nephilim back. It seems like they've been trying to figure out how to do that for a while. And at the same time, you have people like Bill Gates, a lot of these elites for a long time talking about overpopulation and you're like, and you look at them and you're like, there's no, there's no problem. We have plenty of land for human beings. I, what if what they're saying is there's not enough for when the giants come back. Like we're trying to bring back the giants. Dude, that's so interesting because I also saw a story yesterday or you sent it to me and I posted this on Instagram was the, uh, they're trying to recreate mammoth meat. (laughs) And they're like, if you read down into the story, like besides the main headline, which is like, they're not sure if we can eat this because our bodies (laughs) weren't made for it, but maybe somebody else's ancient bodies were no, but besides that, they're like, you know, what's crazy about this is so fast and easy to produce. We can produce tons and tons and tons of meat. Uh, in these laboratories. I don't know. It's weird stuff, dude. Uh, eat the bugs and the mammoth me. meat. <laughs> yeah, eat the bugs. Eat, you eat the bugs so there's enough meat for the, for the Nephilim for the giants. giants to eat. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy. So let's, I, at that point, we literally are cattle. Right. <laughs> so let's just get back to Ohio. Let's wrap up Ohio. Yeah. Why do hotspots exist? Is it just that when you get enough, you know, when, when you say one thing, oh, I saw UFO, then everyone else has that suggestibility. Well, I saw UFO too. And then you build up a meme like Ohio and then the suggestibility just gets so much stronger. Or is there really something weird going on in that place? Why why are the phenomena not equally spread out? Why do they clump? Why do so many different types of phenomena coincide? Ancient and burial grounds. Is Ohio a nexus of dark power? Is it? I mean, no, like legitimately though, like the ancient Indian burial ground thing is like a meme, but it's a true meme. It It is a true meme. I think that the thing that we discount because we have this chronological chauvinism where we pretend like we're more advanced than these ancient people and there's nothing that they possibly could have known that we don't know. And they were so much smaller than us and they just built silly little stone hinges. But they they were really serious about their religion. They built incredible monuments to their religion and possibly not monuments, but actual tools for their religion that that there seems to be. 
it's difficult for me to believe that you would put in the effort to build a pyramid if it didn't have a technological purpose, if it didn't right. have some sort of physical purpose. I don't think you build that for the aesthetics of it all. Just Tesla, for- Tesla believed they had a purpose and they were power stations. Yeah. Yeah. And there's in the mythos, they're resurrection chambers. So how does that all play out? And you, then you start to wonder what, what Graham Hancock, who, who has done a lot of this work on these ancient civilizations and pushed back against a lot of this popular narrative, makes the point that these were really, these were holy sites. And they were holy sites that were destroyed and then rebuilt and then, you know, it, it over and over restored because they were holy sites. And why? <laughs> and so if, if Ohio is filled with these ancient holy sites, then it shouldn't surprise us that there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jess asks, I wonder if Ohio experienced a higher than normal magnetic field activity. That's something to look into. I don't know. I looked at ley lines. I looked at fault lines. I didn't <clears throat> see anything with that. Yeah. But there have been, I, I don't know what the, the magnetic field isn't exactly that. That's like inside the earth. So that's a good question. Yeah. I definitely have more questions about that as we're seeing uh, all these stories about planets aligning and the northern lights and things like that kind of becoming more prevalent. So yeah. something I think we should look into for a future episode. But I think I think it's time we head over to just chat with everybody and yeah. cut off the audio section for everybody else. So uh, if you guys are listening to this, don't forget if you want the full show with all of that stuff, you can always call, come over to Rumble. You can come over to Odyssey. Uh, you can find all of our links at conspiracypill.com. Or if you want to support the show, you can come over to conspiracypill.locals.com and you get the full audio podcast. And you also get our bonus unhinged episodes for $5 a month, really uh, help support the channel. Uh, so we can do more on the ground reporting and go uh, investigate the Joel Berry cryptids and yeah, yeah, <laughs> things like that. But uh, yeah, appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll see you next time. 